When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is George from Shepherd, and you're listening to Tobin Tonight. Tobin, finally, here we are. All right, so uh, George, yeah, we finally got it set up, and we finally found out uh, Newfoundland and Sydney have a very different time zone. <laughs> <laughs> what time is it for you right now? Uh, it is actually uh, nine forty-seven p.m. Oh, okay. Just as I—that's the time I'm usually just getting started. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah, well, I'm a bit of a night owl. Okay, so am I. But uh, I guess in my case, it would be—I'm a morning person, so it'd be like three a.m. in the morning. Right. <laughs> There's probably a, um, a few places that could be a little bit further away, but you, you've done well. I, I want to mention, of course, that it's you. And you have your youngest sister, Emma, and the oldest, Amy. How did it all come to be? How did you create this band? Well, Amy actually uh, had an assignment for TAFE, which is like a college over here. She was studying music, and she had an assignment that called for her to write uh, a pop EP. So she had to kind of come up with five songs and release, produce it and, and release it as, as part of the assignment. And she was kind of struggling a little bit with a few of the songs and she wanted me to add some harmonies to it. So I came back from Sydney where I was living at the time, back to Brisbane, and she asked for my help. And so we just kind of started working on these songs together and they turned out great. And we, we actually really enjoyed working together and, and singing together. So we just kind of kept it going. And over the course of the next 10 years, we've sort of grown and developed it into this band that it is today. Were you ever hesitant when she came to you and was like, listen, I, I need your help? Or were you kind of like, oh man, I don't want to help you with this. Come on, you're the musical one. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I had some some musical genius lying underneath. You know, I wanted to prove myself that I was better than her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's what the oldest is there for, right? It's almost like to keep, right. to keep the others in the pecking order. Exactly. A actually mentioning that, I like how with both of you, the youngest, Emma, after she graduated, she joined in 2011. Was that like some kind of ritual? You're like, hey, you're not, you're not ready quite yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, funny story. What actually happened? So, so she was in high school when we started the band. We had a different basis at the very beginning. But we decided to go to the Philippines to do some recording because uh, we'd found a studio there that had some really talented musicians and it was quite quite a cost-effective way to do it, believe it or not. So we did, we went over there and Emma was quite jealous that she wasn't coming on this on this trip. And we said, well, you know, you got to learn how to play the bass guitar and then you can come on these trips with us. And she, when we were in the Philippines, she she had like such FOMO that she decided to go and do this like bass boost boot camp, bass guitar, where she learned how to play all of our songs. 
And we came back and she's like, hey, check it out. <laughs> and she was like, actually blew us away. We're like, oh my God. All right, you're in. Yeah. She was just like, she's like, oh, my older, my older uh, brother and sister, like, no, uh, like F them. I'm going to show them that I'm just as talented. And then when you come back, much, when, you, yeah. when you come back, she's just <laughs> like, she's like, I was waiting this whole time for you to guys come back. Um, <laughs> that's how it went down. Yeah. I think that's really cool because I mean, I listened to some of your songs. I've got actually like four of them actually on my on my phone that I like really love. But, oh yeah, which ones? Uh, I have Geronimo. I have Find Someone. I have On My Way, and then uh, I think it's off the I think it's off like the 2018 album there. Coming home, maybe. Coming home. There you go. Yes, I like that well, one as go. well. Cool. Um, yeah, and I like that each one of you have this like kind of like a pop dynamic to it. But then there's certain tracks that you know your vocals go over really well, and then the girls' vocals go over well in certain songs. So it's like a little bit of something for everyone, which I really enjoy. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I mean, we we try not to make the same song twice. We've got like a bunch of different styles that we that we kind of experiment with. There's like uh, I feel like Shepard is kind of three or four different bands in one. Like we've got these four sort of different styles there. We just keep on trying to explore and develop. So it's it's quite interesting for people to <laughs> try and wrap their heads around. That's what makes it so cool because like listen, like I love bands like the 1975. Great They're band. Just- yeah like they just have their own kind of sound and like every song sounds different and then some people get upset that it's like oh well they changed their sound but i'm like would you really want to listen to the same song over and over but with different lyrics yeah, so, exactly. and, and that's and that's what makes you know i like shepherd for that reason in 1975 for that reason and I'm guessing, yeah yeah <laughs> And I'm guessing, because uh, I've looked at prior interviews and some inspirations you you guys have as a band and you personally, mm-hmm. you mentioned like the Cold, uh, the Coldplay, uh, Coldplay, the Beatles. Like, is that kind of who you modeled your music after? Well, I mean, and just in the sense that we uh, like for for Coldplay, I really look up to the fact that they've they've created this kind of community around their band it's not just them like they've got great music but then they're able to bring people together in a way that i've never i've never seen before i mean I, i'm not sure if you've ever been to a coldplay show but people that are in that show it, it feels like everybody's moving as one and they really kind of make it feel like this big family which is something i i've always looked up to you know we want to we want to be a really inclusive band and you know everyone's welcome and we want everyone to feel safe and have a great time and respect one another like that's that's the the kind of foundation of our band all of these interesting chord progressions and melodies that they come up with uh, like we we I, I hope to live up to something similar no absolutely and i mean i'd love to go to a shepherd band uh like you guys gonna tour canada again soon or i hope so yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's all it all depends on how many uh how many people we can get to the show because like you like we've discovered it's quite a far way away and anytime we want to go anywhere outside of australia it it really does cost us a lot of money i want to go to canada again so badly we had an amazing tour there we we did megan trainer her north american tour and we we played vancouver and toronto and both of those cities were absolutely insane. Canada feels like like Australia's distant cousin. It, it, it kind of has this really nice vibe to it. The people are super friendly and just open, smiley. I, I really enjoyed it. No, I, I like the compliment. I was just about to say, like, it would be hilarious if you were just to, like, headlines on a podcast, like, 
George Shepard from the band Shepard goes on a podcast and slams Canada on a Canadian <laughs> podcast. But uh, no, that's that's totally <laughs> cool. Yeah, and you mentioned about opening for Megan. Uh, I've also see here that you opened for Keith Urban, another great act of uh, Australian heritage. Open for amazing. Bieber, another Canadian. Uh, of course, two different, I guess, personalities, two different uh, kind of atmospheres. But tell me mm. a little bit about both. Like, did they give you any help, guidance, or like anything to do with just your music career? They're very much, yeah. I mean, they're completely different artists with different audiences and different crowds, different operations. Keith Urban was unbelievable. He was he was the most open, generous soul that I've ever met. And that was our first big artist tour. So we that was the first time we were supporting somebody of that caliber. So it was a really important time for us as a young band and he, he was just so open and generous with his with his energy. He would come in and talk to us in the green room all the time, kinda of give us advice about the industry. Uh, and on the final night of the tour, he, he came in and he brought his guitar and he wanted to know if there was a song that we'd like to sing with him on stage. So that's like, I mean, that's unheard of. You don't get that really with, with anyone else. I mean, wow. Yeah. yeah like in contrast, we didn't even meet Justin Bieber. He didn't come and say hi, which okay. is, no, which is not, it's not, it's not an obligation of theirs. No, but it's no. just nice. It's nice that Keith Urban was was that open and, and honest and generous. I guess a little bit of the camaraderie there too, as well, because they're both from Australia as well. Oh yeah, of course he'd be wanting to help out a yeah yeah a young Australian band for sure. But then the the Bieber the Bieber tour was incredible in its own different way. You know we're playing stadiums in our home country all around every major city in our home country, which was an absolute dream come true for us. And it was such a well-oiled, slick machine. Sound check went incredibly smooth every time. It was just like working with professionals at the top of their game. So that was just, that was a real treat for us. Before we kind of plug the song Geronimo, I want to talk about that a little bit because I grew up watching Boy Meets World. It's my favorite show, uh-huh. all-time favorite show. And then when they were announcing Girl Meets World, I, I was at that little crossroads where I'm like, is this show supposed to be towards me? Or is it supposed to be for a younger audience? Um, <laughs> but... I, I was watching one episode and then, uh, of course, the guy who plays Eric on the show was like, I made this promise and all the way from the land down under, we've brought Shepard. And I was like, oh, who are these guys? And then when I heard the song Geronimo, I was like instantly hooked. So, can you can you tell me a little bit about getting on Girl Meets World and the song Geronimo? Yeah. Well, I mean, for us in Australia, the, the Boy Meets World, Girl Meets World wasn't, wasn't a super popular show we didn't really know what it was but when we were on tour in the states we we got the opportunity they called us up and they said hey we want you guys to perform geronimo your new, your new single on this show and we were over the moon about it obviously we're like anything uh anything any any exposure we can get in the united states let's go let's go let's do it um, and it and it turned out to be one of the biggest promotions we've done like it, we've got so many fans just from that show from that one episode which you know that being on set it felt like it went really quickly again everyone was so professional and and made it super comfortable and easy for us having no idea what the show was and you know the, the actors were so generous and they came up to us and um they were so excited to meet us so yeah it was a really lovely experience for us and it, and it ended up getting us a bunch of fans and and showing our music to a bunch of people so uh, i'm glad that it happened yeah, no, and again, I love I love the song, I love the performance on it, and I love how it like just all tied together because it's one of my favorite episodes, but it's a favorite episode just because 
of the message they're trying to portray uh, a little bit for the it was old- a finale, wasn't it? It was like the season yeah, finale. It's or like something. I think it's called like the semi-formal. So in the episode, yeah. it's like if you grew up on the Boy Meets World, you get a little bit of a story of Jack. Uh, I'm just trying to remember the other character's name. It's like uh, Jack, Rachel, and I can't believe uh, and Eric. So then they give you a little bit of a side story of how you know Jack dated Rachel, but they don't. They're not close, but she's still close with Eric because they were more of a friends and. Uh-huh. The the young girl, of course, Corey's young daughter is like in that dilemma at the same time. And then, of course, they're at the semi-formal. And then when you guys play, I'm like, this is great. Like, you see the past, you see the present, and then you're getting great acts in between. So, it's one of my favorite episodes for all those reasons. Yeah, um, right. Okay. I've never yeah. actually watched the episode. <laughs> Come on, George. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Uh, I don't like watching myself. That's fair. It's like when uh, I post podcasts, I don't like listening to myself. I'll skip over my part. And even when I post it, sometimes I'll say like, the host is shit, but the interview is great. Um, <laughs> it's hard, right? Yeah. Like kind of being exposed to your own, your own art. Yeah, because, you know, when I hear my voice, I think it sounds very cool, very easygoing. But then when I listen to it on playback, it's like, who's that 13-year-old girl? Um, yeah. I wonder why that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. who is that? Why is he, why, what's going on here? And it, when well, I was growing sound, up. You sound smooth and cool to me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you, George. Just trying to put me over. <laughs> but thank you. Um, with Geronimo. This was your first single to be recorded in Brisbane, and it reached number one, knocking off Happy by Pharrell. And it's the first one that was actually recorded in Brisbane and reaching number one. So, like, come on, that doesn't stroke your ego a little bit, does it? <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a gift and a curse, so I'll put it that you, way. You knocked it's, off Happy. People yeah, are I mean, pissed. No. <laughs> Pharrell, yeah, he, he was about to get the, uh, the the record as well for the longest number number one in Australia. So we, we kind of messed that up for him. I'm sorry, Pharrell, if you, if you listen to this podcast. He does. But, he yeah, definitely I mean, it was does. A really... <laughs> yeah, great. Hi, Pharrell. It was such a surreal experience. Like kind of going through that whole year that Geronimo blew up. It's a bit of a blur now thinking back to it all. Just we were so – we were like gears and headlights. We were such a young band and – and it happened so quickly that we were kind of scrambling to get it all organized properly and like get ourselves around the world. And I wish it had happened with what we know now. I wish all of that had like all of the advice and experiences that I've had and learned from over the last, you know, six years or whatever. I wish I could bring that back to the Geronimo days and, and actually be a little bit more calmer with it all. What would you have done differently? I think we would, it's, it's just like the fact that we've just got this operation now dialed in. We know, we know how to release properly. We know how to tour properly. It was just a really stressful time trying to figure out how to tour internationally because we're an independent band in Australia. We, we pretty much do it all ourselves here. And then we, we send it off to the labels internationally and they'll decide whether or not they want to how much money they want to put into the distribution and marketing and all that stuff. But the operation is, is essentially run by us um, as a band, as a, as a family. So we've learned a lot about, you know, how to organize tours and, and get shows off the ground and, and singles off the ground, um, which, which is valuable knowledge I would have loved back then. Now, I want to mention this too as well, because and it, it might ruffle some feathers. George is going to hang up on me right now as we speak. But um, a year <laughs> ago, the band took a break due to a throat injury you had. Uh, how are you feeling yeah. these days? 
Yeah, much better, much better. I uh, well, it wasn't. I wouldn't say it was a rough year, but it was definitely a year where I, I had some doubts about where the band was going to go, and I had the realization that the live shows were actually injuring me, like physically hurting me. It was just a really conflicting, confusing set of emotions for me because it was like. I'm, this is what I was born to do, but it's also killing me. Like I was being very, dr- I was being dramatic, um, but it, it was it was quite reality check. It was a huge shock for me to learn that I had this injury. Um, it was it was it, we call them vocal lesions. So okay. it was like a little cut that had happened on my right vocal fault from overuse doing too many shows i got sick in the middle of those shows and i would have been pushing through and and the voice just inflames 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 until it gets to a point where the the membrane actually splits it's so it, it like a water balloon bursting essentially okay yeah and we don't want no water balloons bursting <laughs> we do not uh, so, and then and then like obviously it heals over and there's like a layer of scar tissue over it and that is what i had and i, I, I just needed to kind of get it cut off and then spend two weeks in complete silence and then the next couple of months rehabilitating my voice so yeah it was it was this really daunting prospect that i might not be able to sing the same way that i used to and that's why i was kind of in this mode of well the band's not going to be the same and we're not going to be doing this forever and uh, it was it was a really just distressing time for me but we pulled through and and the, the surgery went well the recovery went well and we're back doing shows and currently recording the third album now so Absolutely, and I was just about to mention, like, you, your voice sounds fine, because if I had to say, uh, you know, I'm talking to George Shepard on the phone, it's like, yeah, I'm so glad to be here, I'd be like, Are you, do I got the right number? Get out of time, now, of course, you mentioned about the the third album. Like, I, I was reading up about it, and I, I believe this is what you posted, that you were going to release a new song every month of the year. That's uh, the plan. That is the plan. Is the plan going well? The plan so far, <laughs> so good. We've got up until um, so we're we're currently working about two months ahead of a release. Okay, which is which is kind of the the as far back as we can be. You know, that's like we're, we're scraping the the deadline with with two months out. But it's going well so far, so good. We've we've got all the songs written pretty much, but we need to tighten them up and keep on like recording producing as we go so it's it's very much a busy year it's going to be ambitious but i think we can do it and and i'd love to be able to release the album this way just because the way that streaming is nowadays the way the music industry has completely evolved and changed it's it's almost like people don't the majority of people won't listen to an album i mean our true fans obviously they'll they'll wait and they'll they'll anticipate this this album but for the majority of people just kind of flicking through spotify it's it's all about the singles and the solo songs which which is a shame i'm I'm an album guy but the the fact of the matter is you can see it in the stats and the data it's and people just don't listen to album tracks no and i i agree with you i mean i i i am actually one of those people that you will probably hate for that because when i go through your albums on like iTunes and then see which songs are like really most popular. I'll listen to them, but like that's not saying I don't give the least ones a chance. I, I do, and then if I like them, I'll download it. But like I'd never, and I, I can't remember since streaming started that I ever downloaded a full album. But right. when I was when I was younger, um, and I'm probably going to expose myself here a little bit. But like I had CDs of like Backstreet Boys. I had like. Ashley Simpson CDs. Thanks, Mom. Christmas gift. (laughs) No one ever knows until now. But yeah, like you, you get the 
the CD and you might like like five songs on it, but at the same point you're like, all right, I'll give these other ones a chance. But like you you bought the CD, so it's like you have no other choice but to give that song a chance. Um, right. So yeah, like in fairness. I can feel it on both extremes because, yeah, I'd love to have CDs and gather those up, but, like, mm-hmm. if I know there's, like, three songs that I'm never going to listen to, it's like, no, I'd rather pay the 129 to, yeah. you know, but at least I'm paying the 129, George. At least I'm paying. Well, exactly. Yeah. You're, you're buying music, which is <laughs> the rare commodity. George, to close it off, uh, would you like to play a game of Are You Canadian? Oh, okay. Let's give it a go. Well, I'm, I'm Australian, so I feel like I'm half Canadian. That's yeah. That's fair. Okay. Do you own a jean jacket? Uh, is it a denim jacket? Absolutely. Yes. You know what I do? I do. I, I have a black denim jacket. It's not. It's not your regular blue denim. But I'm gonna. That's I'm gonna fair. Take I'll, 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 I'll count allow it. that. I'll count it. I'll count okay. it. Can you name me three famous Canadians? Well, Justin Bieber. Uh, we got Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> oh, nice. And um, I'm gonna go with Brian Adams. Oh, you, that was just... You threw salt in my face, man. You just put... You went with Brian, and then you, you didn't even mention Tobin? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm so insulted. No, that's Well, that's I thought fair. that was a given. We're, we're, we're on the podcast. That's going to do it for this episode of Tobin Tonight. Our thanks to George Shepard for coming on the show. Remember, you can find past, present, and future episodes on TobinTonight.com, Spotify, and iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and leave a comment or two. For Tobin and myself, this is Jacob saying, Aussies are just so friendly and kind. I honestly think there are more laid-back people. Can you imagine a Newfie marrying an Aussie? That's a super chill family right there. Anyways, that's just my two cents. Thanks for listening, and good night. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent. Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.